hot mess mamas. I know what it feels like to chase your kids all day, drown in laundry, and put yourself last. I know what it feels like to look at the Pinterest moms and the perfect feeds and feel inadequate. But I want you to know that you don't have to feel that way because motherhood isn't perfect. It's beautifully imperfect. I'm here to help you let go of the stress of making motherhood something it's not meant to be for you and creating a super vibrant side to motherhood that fuels your heart and empowers your kids, but makes it more productive and effective for you. Hi, I'm Michelle Bird, and I'm here to walk you through simple, practical hacks that are going to make your life much easier and create more time and space for what actually matters. Fun! Fun forever memories with your kids. So hand out those afternoon snacks and toss in a load of laundry. Who are we kidding? Let's dig in. I am excited to come to you today with my two wonderful friends, Elise and Elise. They are super amazing. We just had amazing girls weekend away doing fun spa things. And so we were just excited to come and talk to you about some amazing things you can do this summer and connect with maybe some pain points as a busy mom. So hopefully this will bring you a little bit of joy and happiness and some laughter too. So as we hop in here, this is my very dear friend, Elise Drury. She moved far, far away, which she needs to move back to California. So without further ado, I will let her introduce herself. I am Elise with an A, as you'll understand later when Elise with an E introduces herself. My husband and I took our four kids and moved from California to Massachusetts two years ago. It has been a huge adjustment, but God is incredibly gracious and the kids love it there. I homeschooled all four of my children full-time last year. That was interesting. I'm looking forward to doing it again this year. And we now have a dog, two goats, and a guinea pig. And yeah, I manage that chaos. That's my life. I love it. That's where God has put me, and I spend most of my days asking for his help to do it correctly, or maybe not correctly. Correctly is the wrong word. To do it the way he would have me do it, to lead my children to him. Awesome. You have so many more pets now and things to take care of. <laughs> All right, Elise with an E. This is my very good friend who has moved around and traveled in some amazing circumstances, so I'm going to let her fill in the gaps. I'm not really sure where to start. I'm a leaf spelled the proper way, the authentic way, (laughs) but we'll just stop there. I've been in California for five years, I believe. Before that, we were in Switzerland for a few years, and before that, we were in Australia for eight years, which honestly, I really think of as my home. But my husband doesn't want to go back there, and it's not so easy to find work in tech, so here we are now. You're in Massachusetts. <laughs> that does not count. I'm from Massachusetts, actually, but we won't even go there. There's a reason I left. I have two children, two girls, five years apart, and I also homeschool them. Let's say homeschooling is not my dream for my life. Due to circumstances beyond my control, I ended up homeschooling them, and it's been good. I really enjoy it because I like learning things, but it was not my dream for my life, and I, I was a programmer before this, and I, I really miss it. But it seems every time I try to go back to work, Something dramatic happens and I end up back at home again. So clearly, 
It is not my destiny <laughs> to be back in back-end development. Although, I suppose I could teach the kids to do it. <laughs> to do some programming. Anyway, otherwise I like doing anything intellectual, I guess, and anything physical, if you can match those up. I like rollerblading and learning Latin and being outside and reading and studying and playing computer games, although I'm 43 years old, believe it or not, and I don't let the kids play computer games, so... <laughs> That's a bonus. Maybe I should stop now. Adult <laughs> bonus. <laughs> yes, only if you can control yourself. And where did you go recently? You traveled around in an amazing Oh, bus. right. I, I forgot that part. See that? I just, it's, it's <laughs> gone from my mind already. Right. We spent all of COVID time, basically, nine months in a converted school bus driving around because we didn't feel like sitting around in Cupertino being bored and not being able to go to work and paying very high rent. So we bought a school bus from somebody up in Northern California, which is an interesting experience because they weigh 26,000 pounds and driving something that weighs 26,000 pounds isn't exactly, especially in the rain. We picked it up on a very rainy day. <laughs> it was like doubly heavy. Oh yeah, we tried to drive it through Starbucks on the way back and that didn't go well at all. <laughs> but we adjusted and we drove it all the way over to Massachusetts, hung out for two months with my dear friend, Elise, With number two. No, number one. <laughs> no, number two. You're younger. <laughs> I have three years on you. I am the original. Okay, I'll let original. you take that age. That's the copy. Go for it. Anyway, I stayed two months with them, and that was really great. We got to have all six kids cleaning the house, oh, yeah, which generally meant standing in the corner while the house remained in, in chaos. And then we drove back and bought a house in the Central Coast, which is vastly preferable to the Bay Area in my opinion, and in the kids' opinion too, because now we have a lot more space for them to run around. I love it. I love it. I think it's so, you were like on the cusp of like the first ones to get that motor home and that bus to go travel around during COVID. After that, then motor homes were hard to come by. Well, the funny thing is we met at our new church, which we just joined, we met a guy who actually helps with the youth group that Calliope just joined. And he said, oh, you have a bus. My cousin is also in a bus. He's a newlywed and he's driving around the bus. And we met his cousin in the gas station in Atascadero completely randomly. <laughs> driving in a bus. <laughs> yeah, they had like the newlywed something. They have a podcast or a Facebook following thing. Anyway, that was very funny to meet another bus couple. Pretty sure that's bad grammar. Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> All good. Oh, you guys are too funny. So, Elise with an A. What are some of your biggest pain points as a busy mom? You are incredibly busy with homeschooling, taking care of kids, and also try not to kill any of the animals or your husband. If anybody kills anything, my husband's going to kill the dog. <laughs> Other than that, I think we're okay. So I've been thinking about this, pain points, and I was like, well, which kind of pain and which part of the day and there's lots of different things this could be, but I decided on one that's the pain point for me. When we transition from the house to the car, from the car to the house, from the house to going outside, from the outside to going inside, it is always excruciating. Let's find our shoes, let's find our socks, let's get in the car. You forgot your book, go get your book, get your bottle of water. And I realized that this time is chaotic because of me. And so I've stepped back some, I've thought about it, and I've started sending the kids one by one outside or inside or to the next task. I grab a kid, I whisper in their ear, go get your socks, go get your book, go get your pencil. 
and go get in the car. Do it as quietly and quickly as possible. Be invisible. And they're always like, hey, okay. And usually they disappear. We have a couple that get confused and come back three or four times because they weren't sure about that whole getting in the car part. But I found that just grabbing them one by one instead of yelling at the house as a whole, hey, everybody get in the car, really makes a difference. That's huge. It is huge because we get in and out of the car a lot. Right. Because everywhere you need to travel is about, what, 45 minutes away? 45 minutes. Everything. 45 minutes. Whenever you need to go pick up something, drop the kids off, go get something from the store, that kind of a thing, it's about 45 minutes. Now, in the snow, in the rain, in the weather, is that different? That would be because my kids are Californian. Please do not wear flip-flops in the snow. Also, you must take a jacket and gloves. I get in the car, they're in flip-flops and no jacket. Like, we will be getting out of the car. You must have snow boots on. It's getting better after two years. It is. They're finally realizing that it's cold. I would just let them get frostbite. After two years. burn twice shy. Right? <laughs> I thought about that, but then I thought maybe they weren't smart enough and I might lose a kid before they figured it out. Or a hand. Right, toes. Do you ever put their mittens and jacket and everything in the car, or would it get too cold overnight in the car by the time you got back? It would get too cold overnight, and then they would play the running through the house, chicken with their head cut off, looking for their coat and mittens, forgetting that they left them in the car. I see. Do you have a coat rack or anything? We do. We have the envy of the East Coast. We actually have a very decent mudroom. You would think for all the weather out there, every single house would have an entire room devoted to a mudroom, but they don't. Oh. We do. And it has pegs and hooks and boxes and a closet for all the things they need. It is always trashed. You go in and out so many times a day and six people kick their shoes off and throw their coats down and one can't reach the hooks and doesn't even try. One can't reach the hooks. Others can reach the hooks but just don't. And then the dog runs through it all anyway, so it really doesn't matter. (laughs) Does he pick up the shoes along the way and chew them? Yes. Awesome. Yes, it is very awesome. And then he gets locked in the mudroom by himself, and we forget that he's in there, and he chewed up some very nice shoes. That was just awesome. Is there a way you can put the shoes up higher that the dog won't get them? Or do they go in like a bin or a bucket or a drawer? They have boxes and drawers, but it really doesn't matter. If he wants to, he can jump, and he's 70 pounds, so he can knock anything over he wants to knock over. But we will be putting a dog door off the front door, so hopefully he will have no reason to even be in the mudroom and no access because we keep the doors closed. Nice. So will he be in the living room or is there like a family room where he will be? We have a huge open kitchen and dining room area and then a front door area and a hall and it's all wood floor and that is his domain. He's not allowed in the living room because I have nice furniture and I'd like it to stay nice and I have nice carpets. Eventually when he is a little better trained, he will be allowed to go upstairs into the kids' rooms. But until then, he stays downstairs. And when he makes a mess, I tell the kids that it's their fault and that they have to clean it up. And they say, but why is it our fault? Like, you weren't watching your dog. (laughs) And they were like, oh, okay. Forgot, how old is the dog? He is 14 months now. Still quite a bit of a puppy. He is a full chocolate lab, and I have been told by multiple people that he will be a puppy for two to four years. If I'd known that when I bought him, I would not have bought him. (laughs) Just like small children. I did not do my research, (laughs) Amy. You should have asked me to do the research for you. And then you would have a lovely dog. Oh, I don't remember. What kind of dog do you have? 
An Australian Shepherd. What did your dog eat yesterday talking. again? I don't remember, but oh, I, I sure do remember seeing the pictures of her. She's beautiful. I love her coloring. Yeah, we picked her because we thought she would be easy. I'm not a dog person at all. Dogs are not my friend. They're man's best friend, but not my friend. So my husband enjoys her very much, but I actually secretly enjoy her a bit too because she's very easy. See, I say that my husband actually enjoys the dog secretly, but. He swears he absolutely doesn't. I asked him point blank when you weren't listening, and he said you were full of crap. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. All right, it's true. He has no love for that dog. You see the sort of shudder go through his body when Cherry approaches him. (laughs) He can't prevent himself from doing it. So if you had to answer that question of what is your biggest pain point as a busy mom, what would it be? I think my biggest pain point is that I like to be busy. There's always things to do, and if there isn't something to do, I can always make there be something to do. And so, in teaching the kids, I really drill them in their academics. They do a lot of school. I mean, it doesn't take that long, but it's intensive, and I make them do extra things that they wouldn't be doing if they were in public or private school. But we don't take time to concentrate on beauty, I guess. And as a musician for 15, 20 years, playing multiple instruments, and I love music, and I haven't concentrated on that with them. And I haven't concentrated on art or poetry, even going out in nature and admiring God's handiwork and so on. I would have liked to take more time to do that. And I keep telling myself, oh, we should sit down and listen to music, or we should do some art, or whatever. And I love art, and I love music, and I love nature but I can't sit my rear down (laughs) with them and teach them to appreciate it because I'm always trying to achieve other things. I can attest to her inability to sit down. (laughs) I've been visiting for this past week and I grab my cup of coffee and I say, come sit with me. And she says, okay, but let me just do this first. I'm like, no, 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 just come sit down for a minute. No, 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 I'm just gonna do these few things. And then she's just gone. And I'm sitting there with my coffee. I'm like, well, I'm gonna enjoy my cup of coffee. It's okay. I think I'm more on that side of that's why I'm running around all the time. But it is true. It's hard to sit and have them enjoy art and nature. And I think that's a huge special puzzle piece that is clearly in your heart of mm-hmm. wanting to share with them after enjoying that for so long and that being a part of you and your hobbies and what you enjoy. Is there a way that you could maybe do it where you wouldn't have to sit down all at one time, but it would be more flowing, like maybe you'd go on a walk or something where you didn't have to just, okay, we're doing art for one hour. (laughs) That misses the point, doesn't it? When you're regimenting it and you're like, gosh darn it, sit down and get your paintbrush and paint me a picture of this. Happy little trees. (laughs) Happy little trees. I mean, we used to go out, and especially when we were in the Bay Area because we didn't have so much room we would take walks out and stuff like that and then there's that time where, where i took abby and i she fell into the river and then i turned around to pull her out and then polymnia fell into the river behind her <laughs> like then i pulled her out and it was raining and nobody that. had any clothes <laughs> so you had two old. wet children who'd been in the river oh man that was funny anna was so gung-ho for these nature walks and Calliope always whined but when she saw that Anna was gung-ho, then suddenly she changed her path. So that's a good piece of advice, actually. If your kid is whining about something, find somebody else's kid that mm-hmm. doesn't whine about it and bring them along. That's right. And I've then heard... your kid will follow like a sheep. Right, I've heard that with food. If your kid won't try something, to have them be next to another kid who 
clearly likes it and is eating it. Well, that didn't work in reverse when Anna and IP were given salmon, and Anna absolutely refused to eat it. And well, maybe on something. She's like, your daughter just panicked. <laughs> refused to eat my food. I was like, I am so sorry. Well, I'd given her a lot of things before that. She always <laughs> ate everything. So wasn't what I was expecting. It's hard to have kiddos eat perfectly. And one day they'll grow up and their taste buds will change. But generally speaking, the competitive aspect of two different kids from families together is a good way to go. Yeah. Just can't be two kids from your own family. Right. Just be two kids <laughs> from work. two different families. And you can right. pit them against each other and suddenly magically... Magic oh, happens. <laughs> pit them against each other. Just find another child you can sync up. Hey, Mama. This episode is sponsored by my favorite product line. Whether you want to gain more energy, better sleep, be in control of your health, or lose five or even a hundred pounds, this inexpensive wellness program has proven results time and time again. My friend just lost about 70 pounds and another one of my friends lost about 80. You have access to a personal coach who walks with you connected community, easy, no hassle meal prep, and lots more help along the way. What more info? Shoot me a DM, Facebook message, email, or check out my website, The Busy Vibrant Mom. What are you waiting for? It's so much fun. It's time to invest in you. What is one thing, Elise with an A, that steals your joy? that if we could fix or give you more joy in your day, what would that be? Wow. The song, Always Have to Steal My Kisses from You, came into my head, but that wasn't quite where we should go. (laughs) Stealing my joy. I think that I often get caught up in my children's bad attitudes. And then I'm like, is it Pigpen that always has the dust swirl over his head or something? Or Charlie Brown has a cloud over his head? And I'm just angry or mad or sad or some negative emotion that I don't even attempt to shake. I bought my kids this book called The Bad Mood and the Stick. The story, it goes around the whole world where each person, something happens to them and they're carrying the bad mood and then they either poke someone else or something happens to someone else and then that person has the bad mood and the person who had the bad mood is now left laughing. And I feel like we do this all day where we just kind of pass the bad mood around the house. So I think if you talk about joy stealers, it's just the passing the bad mood around the house. Somebody is always in a bad mood. And as their mother, I feel like I also carry everybody's emotions around. So I'm constantly trying to teach my children how to deal with their emotions while I'm carrying theirs. And so by the end of the day, I'm exhausted. And I look back on the day and I think, we didn't have a good time today. Like I just spent my day working my kids through their emotional responses. And I don't want to spend all my days there. Emotions are important and they impact our lives, but our decisions are not to be based off emotions. And I don't want to spend my days there. Tired of the emotional pit. I can totally understand because as a mom, you take on those emotions. If your kids are feeling happy, you're automatically a little bit happier. That's why I think your day feels almost like a roller coaster because sometimes you're like yay we got to go outside and we saw a cool butterfly oh no you hit your brother and now everybody's unhappy it just goes from up to down and i think a lot of times we as moms take in that emotion yes to try to keep everybody regulated and where they need to be yep 
there's another podcast called Raising Girls and Boys, and they were talking about having a chart of being able to have your kids connect with what they're feeling right now and maybe why they're feeling it. But I, it was like more extensive than just happy, sad. It was mm-hmm. like, I'm angry because of this. I'm embarrassed because of this. I'm happy. And it was interesting to hear that sometimes when you think they're mad at something or you're trying to fix something in one way, that they're actually embarrassed about not being able to solve the problem or they're sad or happy or they have a different emotion than you're expecting. That makes sense. I think the other point in all of this is as the children get older, starting to make them own their own emotional responses. Mm-hmm, definitely. But then that's a joy still in and of itself because that means I'm teaching them all day. And at least with the ups and downs of all of our six kids together, trying to teach them to moderate their responses to each other. Indeed. I told my daughter, I said, when you say to someone, you don't want to play anymore, and that person gets horribly offended and goes off crying, what do you think they heard? And she says, I have no idea. All I said was, I was going to go read my book. I said, well, I think that person heard, I hate you and I never want to play with you again. And she was like, oh. And so now we have this, you said something that hurt somebody. How can we deal with this emotion? How can we deal with the other child's feelings on what you said? And how can we help you next time you speak to each other to learn how? I mean, this is adult communication that adults haven't figured out yet. And we're trying to teach our children how to do this. Right. I think it's like a a lifelong time of figuring out how to connect with one another. As a mom, you're constantly helping them learn this so it does feel like it's sucking your energy as you said i told my husband at the end of the day we did not have to set aside money for their college we just needed to set aside money for all their counseling bills that's right there you go this is positive money better spent (laughs) they can be in touch with themselves and their feelings oh that's right and at least with an e What is one thing that is stealing your joy that if we could fix, it would give you more joy in your day? Well, I think it's all along the same lines. Yeah, it's definitely having to, how do you say it? Having to deal with the emotions of other people. I struggle with this particularly because I'm an extremely introverted person and just being around people, even ordering cheeseburgers tires me out and then I have to go be by myself a while. This is coming from a woman who has boundless energy yeah i have a lot of energy but it's (laughs) self-generated i generate energy from myself that sounds sounds kind of weird and being by myself and looking at all the things which i said i wanted to do with my children and don't do that's what i get my energy from (laughs) it's awesome but um, if you had to share those things with your children you would no longer get energy from them well the problem is one of my children is very very extroverted and is also very oppositional And so when you put those things together, you have somebody who is an energy vampire, effectively. And at least to an introverted person like myself. And so I think it was harder when we were in Europe because traditionally Swiss people do not have a lot of patience for children and the troubles that children get into. They still kind of have the old-fashioned idea of children to be seen and not heard, especially the older generation. And my oppositional child did not fit in this society very well. And so at some point during that time, and she was young, she was five years old or thereabouts, being a little kid, but being a more extreme version of the average little kid, 
And at some point when every single day there was some kind of problem, I'd go to kindergarten to pick her up and the teacher would cry and tell me <laughs> all the bad things she'd done that day. She would lock doors and steal toothbrushes and peel privacy screening off all the windows, which I had to get my insurance to pay for. Because oh thankfully, everybody in Switzerland has insurance against being sued to take care of that kind of thing. Or she would pee inside the play structure and then some other little kid would come and complain or she'd punch some kid in the leg and his mother would come complain. So I think I lost all my joy at that point because I was completely taking on her identity in a way. Mm because I was responsible for her and all these naughty things she was doing, which anybody's kid could do, but my kid did more often, I really lost the sense of lightness that I used to have. And in a lot of ways, it hasn't come back. No, it hasn't come back because in America, it's easier because people are more lenient on children in the US, but not always. And she's still testing all the limits and boundaries that she can. Yeah, she tests a lot of boundaries, and a lot of people have problems with her. She presents extremely well, so most people meet her and are like, what are you complaining about? But if you get to know her better, then you understand how she views the world, and she views the world in a non-traditional way, let's say. And so she struggles in her relationships, and then that sort of comes onto me, but then I absorb it into myself rather than seeing us as separate entities, all of her mm. problems become mine. And so there needs to be a dividing boundary where... I can see that her problems are hers, but they don't reflect completely on me. Because in Switzerland, where I was being literally condemned for bad parenting and whatnot because my child would not conform, ironically, well, one day when someone came up to me and was like, do you ever discipline your child? And I was thinking, have you been disciplining her since she was like 10 months old? <laughs> in every single different way. We've read every single book there is. Every method of disciplining we have attempted with this child and it doesn't work. Are you tempted to answer sarcastically? No, I just <laughs> nodded. And also my Swiss German was not perfect or anywhere near perfect. And that just compounded the problem. Because when you can't express yourself properly, of course, it's even more difficult. So that wasn't a good period, but things have gone up. But I still have not found my way back to that more optimistic self, I guess. That's huge that you're realizing that and you're starting to think that that doesn't define you as a mom to have your child act a different way. I think so much in this culture, it's so hard to not be connected to that. Like if your kid misbehaves in school or church or, or in a social setting or something to not be connected like, well, it's because of me, it's because of my bad parenting versus it's just the choices that they're making. Mm. I think that's so well, tough. And the other aspect of our current society is depending on what event it is you go in and you introduce yourself hi i'm elise i'm anna's mom and they're like oh you're anna's mom she's such a sweetie all these different things and you kind of feel a moment of pride like haha yeah that's me that's my daughter and then you're like wait a minute this has nothing to do with me and so it's the same for elise you go in and you say i'm calliope's mom and they aren't sure what to say your daughter is spirited and wonderful and people don't know what to do with it Actually, I wouldn't even introduce myself. I'd be standing around minding my own business and some random mom would come over and be like, you're Calliope's mom, aren't you? And I'd be like, yes. How do you know her? Why are you saying this to me? <laughs> and it's funny though, in Switzerland, not to harp on about it, but there was definitely something odd about the Swiss kids because all of the other kids, and there are a lot of expats there, Eastern Europeans, there were South Africans, the South Americans, Swedish, and I knew one mom with two little Swedish boys and they would not sit still in circle time either and she just didn't know what to do about it. 
But I remember there was one lady who, a uh, Ukrainian lady, and her son was not well behaved either. And one day I watched my daughter go up and kick him in the shins and walk away. And I was like, why did you do that? She was like, oh, I don't like that kid. But his mother was not phased at all. And she was like, Mateo, if some little girl kicks you in the shins, I just tell you to suck it up. <laughs> I was like, hooray, finally someone who speaks my language. I found them. <laughs> yeah, it's too bad that Mateo and my daughter hated each other. <laughs> Maybe it was a love-hate relationship. <laughs> I don't think so. It was a true hate relationship. They loved to hate each other. Yeah, they did, uh, but at least his mother didn't hold me accountable, which was a nice change. That is a good change. If you like my mom's show, please leave a review, post a screenshot in your Instagram stories, and tag her. Pretty please. Hey, if today's episode was meaningful to you, please share this with others. Take a screenshot, tag me, and post it in your stories. Together we can change our day, spread joy, inspire others, and be a better version of ourselves. Until next time, keep laughing and smiling. Come join me on my Facebook group, The Busy Vibrant Mom. Thanks!